Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 494. Mr. Samich. Woo, give me that Pacific Classic. Huzzah! Boom! It is Pacific Classic weekend at Del Mar. Uh, this is a, a fantastic card, and Del Mar's had fantastic cards all summer long, but we have five graded stakes ending this late pick five. This is, a, well, completing this pick five, this late pick five, starting and ending at all the things. Uh, this is going to be a fun show. Lots of horses that uh, we're familiar with if you follow the California circuit. A couple shippers, and uh, we got three-year-olds taking on the olders in the Pacific Classic itself. So I'm real curious to see your thoughts on that race and, and for us to have a fun debate. And everybody in the chat as well. It's going to be a good show, Mike. Yeah, really fun set of races here. Multiple turf races, good stakes races, quality horses. The Pacific Classic, obviously, uh, sitting there second to last race of the day. Uh, you, I, we've talked about Go Rocket Ride quite a bit. You've got the funded in there. The Buscador is back, trying to run him down for a second straight stakes victory here at Del Mar. Uh, and pretty tough fields, too. I found some prices kind of scattered throughout here as well. I didn't find a single. You did. I, I do think you can try and beat your single. I'm going to use it, but we'll get into that a little bit as well. Just overall, a really, really fun pick five here to tackle. Yeah, and uh, remember, it's 50 cent base here. There is a mandatory payout. I didn't see this until it was too late, but there's a mandatory payout of the pick six pool on Saturday, which if it doesn't get cash with a single winning ticket between now and Saturday, they're expecting $4 million or more to be in that pool. So if you want to play the pick six, uh, that will start with race number six, and that's an allowance race. I took one quick look at it and went, yeah, I'm glad we're doing the pick five because there's a that's a stacked field, and it like, could go a lot, several different ways in there, Mike. Yeah, it's actually a really good mandatory sequence. Like a lot of times we see some of these mandatory sequences and you feel like it's going to chalk out or you, you really are like, okay, I got to either take a stand or spread here. This one, you're going to have a lot of horses that are really live between that five, six, 10 to one range. And that allows you to really kind of, if you can press your opinion in the right spots, really spread around in the other places and get some prices home. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if this is one of those five figure mandatory days versus the what we've seen recently has been like that 1500 to 2500 range. Uh, I was looking through, I saw Chris uh, Maiello, um, I'm sorry, Daryl Lou asked, when's the last time a three-year-old won the Pacific Classic? Uh, I am looking right now. Yes, Chris is correct. It's shared belief in 2014. Uh, a year later, you had the holder become the first and still only to this date, uh, female to win the race. Uh, if you haven't seen the holder winning the Pacific Classic, that's one of those replays. I just got goosebumps right now thinking about it. That's one of those replays that will make you like it, the hair raise up on your arms. Um, I mean, Bayern was in there. Uh, I, I think Game On Dude was in, or no, Bay, I think Game On Dude might have been done by then. But yeah, Bayern was uh, had come off his Breeders' Cup Classic win the year before, and just she dusted him. <laughs> the move she made on the turn was breathtaking. I mean, just literally made a Breeders' Cup champion look like he was standing still, going around him on the turn <laughs> and just opening up. Uh, she's one of my favorites. I love Beholder. Well, this is going to be one of my this is one of my favorite uh, weekends of the year, Pacific Classic weekend at Del Mar. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it, buddy. Right up. first leg of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, September 2nd. Race seven, grade two, Del Mar mile, 10 older horses routing a mile on the turf. Where'd you go on top, buddy? 
Put Count again on top here. Uh, I think this is a good spot for Count again. Last time we saw him, grade two, Eddie Reed. That was off of a just whew, brutal layoff. Almost uh, 14 months there. Ran, I thought, pretty well against some very good horses. Gold Phoenix we'll talk about. Uh, Balnikoff ran second in that race. He's back in here. Uh, Count again that day ran fourth. I thought ran well, like I said. It was back behind a slower Del Mar pace. So went 49-113, was 10 lengths off that 49 half-mile pace, still able to close ground there, was last in that field. Is a horse that wants to come from behind, but it's tough to close into those type of paces. Also may have been just a little touch long. That was a mile and eighth. If you look at all of his success, a lot of it's been here at the mile distance. He's got seven wins in his life. Five of those seven have come here at a mile. Uh, five for eight going this mile distance. So I think the distance is right. I think this that you needed that grade two Eddie Reed. I think you're going to see a better version of count again off the layoffs. So I put count again on top, but I felt like you'd go a couple different directions in here. And I, I went for a couple of prices as my third and fourth horses. Yeah, we have agreement on, we both went four deep and we have agreement on three of four. And I like the horse that uh, that you used that I didn't as well. Counting it, not my top pick, but I think uh, uh, definitely a horse you should be on here. Uh, I think you even said it, you did, when you were doing the preview for the Eddie Reed, which is the local prep for this. You're like, this horse shouldn't be the morning line favorite. I think he was nine to five or something like that. You're like, he's coming off a 426 day layoff. And you're asking him to not only do that, but go nine furlongs, which is not his preferred distance. The miles is preferred distance. And so it, it kind of felt like, you know, Hindsight being 2020, it feels like the Eddie Reed was just a model going, we need to get this horse into a race so that he's ready for the Delmar Mile second off. So uh, I use this horse as well. I use the other D'Amato on top. That's the five Balnikov at six to one. Uh, Hector Barrios is going to keep riding or going to ride this horse for the first time, I should say. Uh, nearly won the Eddie Reed, like you mentioned, now cutting back in distance. Lost to the morning line favorite in the grade two Delmar handicap, Gold Phoenix, like you mentioned. Uh, seven North American starts at a mile for Balnikov. Three wins, two seconds. Both of those seconds were by a nose. And then the other two times were just complete no-shows, like not anywhere close to the board. Uh, by the way, both of those were grade one races. One of them was his first time facing older horses off of a layoff, so you can make some excuses for it. Um, and then the shoemaker, he probably was just in a little bit over his head. But the reason I bring that up is because if he's got five races where he's like either winning or a nose away from winning, he's probably going to be really keyed up and ready to go. And this is something I'm going to repeat. I've said before, I'm going to repeat again later. I love Phil D'Amato Irish bred horses on the turf. So I'm going to go with that angle as well. Um, he does have that one mile turf try overseas in his stakes that he won as well. So Balnikov on top for me, I did have count again second. So we're like right there with him. Yeah, I had Balnikov here in second. I thought he ran really well last time in the Eddie Reed. Just a phenomenal job there. Uh, to be able to try and chase down what I thought was an awesome effort there from Gold Phoenix that day. Um, should take a step forward here again. This is second off the layoffs, you said. Second out later in the four-year-old season. So you'd expect you're going to see a little bit better, better version. To me, these are the two class of the field. After them, I wanted to try and take a little bit of a shot here. And, you know, one horse we talked about, if you remember dudes who bet daily from opening day was the nine horse twist. It was my best bet on the day. Horse ended up winning at uh, two to one that day. But if you go back and you watch the race two back, there was some trouble that wasn't really listed for twist first time out at Santa Anita. That second race was just a awesome, awesome race from twist. Took a huge step forward going that mile and eighth. I don't think the miles, the distance, I think the trouble or miles is the problem i think the trouble was the problem that first race out twist improves the second race buyer here in north america jumps up from an 89 to a 97 uh, has tactical speed i like that from that nine post especially when the two horses we talked about are going to be coming from the back of the pack i think twist gets the jump here and i love that price there on the 12 to 1 on twist 
Uh, while we're, uh, I'll get back to that in a second. I see in the chat, I'm not watching Delmar, but uh, Rodney and, and Dr. Tane both saying uh, Jockey fell, recently got thrown off the horse. So uh, hopefully he's okay. Uh, we'll stay updated on that one. Never something that we like to see, after, especially after the weekend we just had at Saratoga. Twist is going to be next up for me if any of the top four horses that I use end up scratching. And for all the reasons that you mentioned, I remember you uh, you liked him at that, that Delmar allowance there. Um, I'm wondering if a mile is his best distance. There's some horses here that I think there are so perfectly suited for a mile that I'm wondering maybe he's here because a mile three eighths is going to be too much for him. So they went with a mile, but really maybe he's better at nine furlongs. But he has a lot of potential here. You lose Berrios, but he's going to ride for Demato. So of course you're losing Berrios. Uh, uh, but Ken Storm has been riding well, so. Ah, uh, that's good. Oh, good. Dr. Tang saying the horse is okay. Good. The, the jockey, I mean, Rispoli is the one we should be worried about. He, it was a it was a brutal spill down the lane, and there were two horses that hopefully jumped over him, but it was a, a very rough spill for Rispoli. Oof. All right. Well, you guys watching Del Mar, let's uh, keep us updated on this one here. Uh, last one for me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll go third. Uh, I did use the Exalted, who's the three to one favorite here. I didn't want to, but because he's going to be a short price, but this horse, since he switched to the turf, he's won all four starts. The last two were in graded stakes. The mo most recent one was the grade one Shoemaker Mile, uh, where Balnikov was just a complete no-show. But he's beaten Balnikov before. He's beaten Dujour and Iridao multiple times. Neither of us are using those horses in here. Uh, Erton, the trainer. JJ Hernandez, the jockey. 23 starters in the past year. 15 winners. That's 65%. Now, I was like, okay. But four of those are exalted. So what happens if you take that out? Well, they're still 58% winners. So that's still really good. Um, the the reason, I, I if you want to make a case against him, and I'm sure you will, uh, A, it's the price. B, he's taken out a lot of horses he hasn't faced before. Like, he, we know who he's beaten. He can definitely beat them. But, like, he hasn't faced Count again. He might get a rebounding ball in a cough. He hasn't faced Twist before. He hasn't faced the other horse that you and I are both using we haven't mentioned yet. So some new shooters that might be able to take him down and all that success came at Santa Anita. It's a little different at Del Mar. So I understand if, if that was why you were going to go against him here, Mike. Yeah, it was a combination of the layoff, the fact that we got the new shooters, and it's Del Mar that, that kind of moved me away from Exalted here. If, if we were at Santa Anita, I'd probably be using Exalted. Horse obviously loves that course. Uh, been phenomenal since switching over to turf, four for four. The other thing for me is, like, this is a six-year-old who didn't try the turf until exalted was five and yes there's a long layoff there uh in between 21 and 22 but i just i just couldn't get there with this horse at the price that we're seeing and i can't make out the trip either i'm not sure if exalted maybe is the fastest horse isn't it the sixth horse probably going to go as well i'm a gambler probably wants to go from the outside mm -hmm. so i'm just kind of interested in see what trip we end up with exalted and it feels like Maybe that Shoemaker Mile wins. Maybe that's good enough. But like, probably needs to be a little bit better off the bench to be able to win here. And I, I just don't want to take the favorite when I think the favorite needs to take a step forward. Uh, talk to me about our last pick here collectively. Number eight, War at Sea. 10 to 1 for trainer Ron Ellis. Yeah, I really love the the last race here for this horse. This is a four-year-old like off a super long layoff last time out um, and had been getting better every single start heading up into that the end of the three-year-old campaign, runs at Del Mar once at a mile and an eighth in the Del Mar Derby, ends up running a good third there on the turf that day, comes back at five furlongs. 
clearly a prep race, right, for War at Sea. And the idea that we're going from a prep race at five furlongs and jumping all the way up to a grade two tells you what the connections think about this horse. Has tactical speed, but doesn't isn't going to get caught up in that early move. Um, Espinoza rides back here. I know you're not a big fan, but I don't mind it. By the way, that sprint race, turn on the Jets beer can, man. Two horses we're going to talk about later. Very, very good sprinters. And War at Sea was absolutely flying late trying to run those two down and they came home in 11 and four for the final furlong that day as well i think war at sea is gonna have no problem with the distance have a huge kick coming for home i love the look from the connections here taking a step forward and taking a shot here in this spot and i get 10 to 1 so all systems go here for the eight horse war at sea yeah he's versatile enough to be on uh like pressing on the pace or to come from off of it uh, but that allowance race uh, as well, the five furlongs, that's what keyed me in too. It was clearly what th- almost, uh, what, 11 months the horse would have missed and comes back. And that was clearly just meant to get the rust knocked off. Ron Ellis is, I think, 90 years old. So very much an old school trainer. Um, and, and two of those horses there are the top, the top two finishes from that are the top two choices in the grade three green flash that we're going to talk about in a minute. So really good horses, especially when it's a distance that you not like to be that close to catching. So uh agreement with you on this one i am five three four eight i know mike likes the nine instead of the four in there but uh we definitely have some agreement on that one let's move on second leg of the late pick five at del mar on saturday september 2nd this is the grade three tory pine stakes a surprise we got a field of 10 in here 10 three old phillies routing about in the dirt usually this gets like five six but got a nice field of 10 in here for this grade three race where'd you go on top I guess people aren't as scared of phases as I thought they would be. Uh, I figured that I was surprised she was eight to five, too. I don't know if you were surprised by that as well. I was expecting to see a shorter price when I started scrolling down and saw the morning lines. Look, I've got phase on top. I, I think she makes sense here. She's going to need to take a step forward, though. Let's be honest. There are horses who are as good or better than her from a buyer perspective that could win this race. And so I, I'm not willing to take too short of a price. But all that being said, when she's faced the California Phillies, I mean, it's been not even close. Now, that being said, Pride of the Nile ran second twice, and Tell Me No Lies ran second twice. This is a better group than Pride of the Nile and Tell Me No Lies. So I do think FaZe is going to have to take a step forward to win here. I do think she is your most likely winner. I used her on top in this spot, um, but I am going to go too deep here. You singled her. Why did you end up singling here? I really didn't like anything else that was in this field that much. To it was A combination of that and <coughs> excuse me, the way that my ticket ended up getting uh, constructed, that there was some... It, it just was going to work out best this way. But uh, the fact that she's undefeated in California and the ones that are coming in from outside the state really don't scare me that much. Uh, this is a Philly, too. Remember that she could have been the favorite for the Kentucky Oaks if she was eligible to earn points. She was an undefeated Bob Baffert Philly who was super fast in demolishing her opponents. And you had Wet Pain end up being the uh, the ultimate favorite for the Kentucky Oaks. But two very different running styles. The running style that FaZe had along with the Baffert namesake, she would have very likely been the favorite. Baffert's won this a co-record seven times, including three of the last four running. So I think that's a big part of it. I don't love the nine post, but I think with Pratt aboard, she should get a really good stalking trip and then just be able to power home. So that was a big reason why I favored her. I have a lot of faith in her. I was, and I absolutely adored this filly all through the spring too. So there's a little bit of that. Who did you use as your second horse? I thought the way to beat her was to go gate to wire on her. And to me, that's ceiling crusher on the outside. Like, I really like that race two back. I realize she's only been facing state bred races. This is a big time step forward, but she's clearly the fastest horse should be able to clear the field from that tempos. And if she clears and gets comfortable, like she's going to be able to get the distance. That's not a problem. Um, And I, I think she has a shot at being loose here. And so I just went with the speed and then the horse I thought was the best. So I went with the nine and the 10 here, just going too deep in this spot. 
I was pretty surprised that Ceiling Crusher, maybe just because she was, uh, forgive the pun, she was crushing her opponents so much uh, earlier in her career, but or earlier this year, I should say, but I, I was surprised that she was the three to one second choice here. And that you asked me if I was surprised by eight to five, I was too. And I was like, Ceiling Crusher, three to one, she's the, been beaten up on Calbreds, but I'm not going to come out here and poo poo Calbreds stepping up against uh, Open Company in a Del Mar um, graded stakes race because that did not go well for me last time. The chosen Braun proved me wrong. So, uh, and yeah, Michael Olsen saying he's with me. He's singling phase and ceiling crusher is the only one that he's scared of. Um, I, I did want to try and make a case for the four coffee in bed. I know this is a Philly that Mandela was very high on when she first got going. Uh, but she, you know, broke her maiden very impressively on debut, but that was 19 to one. That would kind of scares you a little bit. And then she was four to five and six to five in her next two starts. And, you know, she got beat by any who, I couldn't really make a big case for any who winning this because I think she's distance limited. I think that she's better as a, as a one-turn horse. And then the six furlong sprint last out, I couldn't really figure out what went wrong there other than Mike Smith didn't engage her early. So I liked Coffee in bed. Um, I have her as my second pick here. I just didn't like her enough to put her on. Yeah, I mean, interesting that Mandela is doing the same thing we talked about last race where it's big time step up in class off what was a lackluster race. I mean, that she was favored against home cooking last time out. And home cooking, by the way, came back and was not good, um, but favored over home mm-hmm. cooking last time out, who's a Baffert horse. And interesting that Mandela still decides to throw her into the grade two here. So that's obviously a sign of confidence there. Uh, to me, and I, I know you're going to poo-poo this one, I, Justique is the horse that I would, uh, the next one on for me if I used anyone else. Um, and, and mainly because there is quite a bit of pace here. Any who's going to go, um, I think Coffee mm-hmm. and Bed has some speed. Phase is going to have some speed. Ceiling Crush is going to have some speed. And as much as you want to knock Justique, she likes Delmar. <laughs> like, and if you think she just needed that last race off the long layoff, it's logical she takes a step forward here and tries to run him down the lane. Uh, I don't love it, and I would want more than eight to one, but I, I think that she is at least a relevant horse in this race, and especially underneath. The Justique would be a great play if this race was at Belmont or Churchill, where it's one turn. For the love of God, John Sheriff, stop making this horse go two turns. She might like Del Mar. She hates turning left twice. She never should be a NASCAR driver either. Like, she just cannot turn left more than once. After that, she's done. She's got nothing in there. Um, I, Yeah, I just can't. I can't do Justique. I've seen her way too many times try to tangle two turns and third, fourth, fourth. She never gets out of the gate. Well, she's like mage supersized when it comes to getting out of the gate, too. Like, she has massive issues getting out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, the issue with it, right? You just don't know where she's coming from. I'm not as sold as you on this one-turn thing. Um, We'll see if she can run a little bit better here. Uh, By the way, uh, I really hope he's okay. Uh, This is Reese Bully's 35th birthday today. I went went searching on Twitter to see, and all the things I saw at the top were happy 35th birthday today to Umberto Reese Bully. So uh, we'll keep uh, checking on that. Hope for the best for him on his birthday. I haven't seen an update. It looks like his horse has mount clipped heels. Um, and mm-hmm. that's what caused the spill. The one ended up getting DQ'd out of second, ended up getting placed behind or in last place behind the five. Five was your five to two favorite as well. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully uh, he's good. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep uh, keep it posted on that if you're watching live. We'll move on. Third leg of the Del Mar late pick five Saturday, September 2nd. Race nine, the grade three green flash handicap for 12 males, three and up. Plus three also eligible sprinting five furlongs on the turf. It's 15 entries, or as Saratoga calls it, the first half of their card. Uh, the first of three straight Breeders' Cup winning urines. This one's for the turf sprint. Where'd you go on top? 
Give me the three horse. Turn on the Jets, baby. I thought it was a really impressive performance last time out from Turn on the Jets. Uh, needed that race at Santa Anita, right? And, and ran okay, but had a trouble trip, uh, especially at the start. Uh, last race was just looks phenomenal. Ends up beating Beer Can Man by a head. That race is probably good enough to win this one. I think you're going to see this horse take another step forward. This is a four-year-old third off the layoff. Should be top cycle here. I love the six-to-one price. I'm not sure we're getting six-to-one, but this is a deep field with a lot of contention, so I wouldn't be shocked if it's somewhere around there. I think it's all systems go here. D'Amato seems to have a pretty good hold on this race. To me, he has the top three competitors in the three-horse turn on the Jets, the five-beer cam man, and the eight motorist. So it's all about picking which one you like there. And I like turn on the Jets because of the pace. I, I, you're just going to get the perfect setup here for turn on the Jets to be able to sit mid-pack, make a big run. Love the three post. Should be able to save some ground. Trust Barrios here on the mount as well. So I'll take the three. Turn on the Jets here, six to one. Full agreement. I got Irish bread for Phil DeMotto. Three for three at Del Mar. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, won that race that... Uh, that Bal- or I'm sorry, not Balnikov, that War at Sea is coming out of uh, that, that fight for a long time. So yeah, full agreement here. Did you just go too deep in this race? I did. I just went too deep. I went uh, Motorious here as the other one, the eight horse. Uh, Rispoli sounds like he probably will not be up. Uh, Dr. Tang just said he was loaded into a stretcher into an ambulance. So hopefully uh, hopefully, Umberto is okay. Uh, but I, I used the eight horse here. The other the other D'Amato who I really respected. I, I like Beer Can Man. I just don't think we're going to see any more upside from Beer Can Man at this point. Uh, I think we kind of know what we're going to get from him. And so I'm expecting turn on Jets to be able to take care of business there. Um, that last race I thought was really impressive. Uh, ran or was able to win the San Simeon grade three at Santa Anita. Anarchist ran in that race. We've seen what Anarchist has done coming back. Nobles is the horse that beat Mysterious last time. That was a Churchill Downs, and Nobles was a huge price. I think Mysterious Motorist. What is this? Motor Motorious. Motorious. There we go. I think Motorious is going to be able to improve off that. Coming back to California, uh, has a win over the track, uh, running one at Del Mar here, going five and a $40,000 allowance. I think it's all, I, I think Materius, uh, Motorist is the other one that has the ability to get the job done here. So I just went three, eight and moved along here. I did use uh, Motorious as well. Uh, hasn't missed the board in seven North American turf starts, including the grade two turf sprint at Churchill Downs last out. Um, and the only other time he's been a five furlongs, it was that Del Mar allowance that you mentioned that, oh, by the way, he won. So got to like that as well. Um, I did use Beer Can Man uh, three for four at Del Mar. The only time he lost was that allowance race last time out by a head to turn on the Jets. Uh, to me, that's a case of if he gets a slightly different trip, if maybe turn on the Jets doesn't get as good of a trip. Turf sprints, it's so like every little tiny thing matters, and, and especially with a huge field like this. So I'll use Beer Can Man if they were only separated by a head. Uh, I use Laneway. Since he's been gel- since he was gelded in October 2021, and they cut him back to sprinting, he's never missed the exact. He has three wins, four seconds, including in this race last year to Lieutenant Dan, who, if you remember, that was the second straight year Lieutenant Dan won that, and Lieutenant Dan had just ran second in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. Concerned about the layoff with it being Mandela, but he does have two super sharp works coming into this, and we're asking him to go five furlongs. We're not asking him to go a mile, to not trying to do two turns. No, nope, just five furlongs. So pretty much just another workout, just a very, uh, you know, very uh, strengthy, strong exercise. Wow, suddenly I just lost my brain again. A very hard exercise on the turf course there, but uh, just like another workout for him. Uh, and then for a long shot, I went with all the way to the outside. Number 12, Paxawallop, 12 to 1. This is a three-old horse returning from a super long layoff, but he's getting Flavian and Pratt to ride for Jeff Mullins. I like that a lot. He's a three-year-old horse, so because of that, he's catching a, a big weight break. 116 pounds carrying here versus 120 plus for just about everybody else who's not three. 
post isn't great, but he's two for two at Del Mar, including winning at one mile despite having to break from post nine, which means he had a very quick run into that first turn from post nine, was still able to overcome it. And on August 7th, he worked 46 and four. So what that tells me, Mike, is that for at least 80% of this race, this horse is going to be gunning his ass off into it. I just need that extra 20% out of him. With Pratt riding, I have con uh, conviction that he's going to be able to get that extra 20%. I love the 12 to 1, and if you remember, this is a horse that was uh, carrying a lot of uh, hype last year coming into the dirt season because they put him in the sham stakes, and people think, oh, maybe, you know, going up against the three Bafferts in the sham, and then things went wrong, and clearly he had an injury issue because we haven't seen him since January 8th, but Paxawala, 12 to 1 with Flavian Pratt for Jeff Mullins, who just can magically get those horses to get really hot some weekends, I'll take it. Yeah, I... I looked long and hard at Paxawall for all the reasons you said. I think going back to the turf, obviously a positive. You talked about that switch over dirt race, obviously didn't go very well. The workouts, Flavian Pratt, Jeff Mullins, the 12 posts is what got me. I mean, just mm -hmm. a brutal, brutal, brutal trip you're going to get from there. I mean, there's almost no way you're, you're going to be able to save ground. And, and the style of trip I'm interested in here as well. If you go back to that five furlong win at Del Mar, was on the pace. I'm not sure if Paxawallop is fast enough to be on the pace, especially from the 12 post. And I think if he is, he's four or five wide into that turn. And that's not where you want to be against elite level splinter, sprinters over this Del Mar course. That was literally the only thing that kept me from putting Paxawallop on the ticket is that I, I just don't love the post. And so it, it was tough to get past there. I don't mind the lane, laneway call. Uh, I think that horse has a decent shot here. Not one that I ended up using, but again, if you want to spread out here a little bit more, I don't hate it. My big issue with Laneway was the layoff and the five furlongs. You mentioned five furlongs. Oh, not a big issue. He ran second at five furlongs twice, and both of those races just wasn't long enough to be able to get up. I mean, he was too far back early and just ran out of time, and I'm worried he's going to run out of time here. It's going to be one of those horses that hits underneath. Um, the one horse I'd say at a price I was a little interested in was Kid Corleone. First time trying the turf for Doug O'Neill, uh, 10 to 1, the two horse here. Again, didn't make the ticket just because of what else I'm using later, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if Kid Corleone runs well. And I like the fact that that last race, I realized we didn't win the Bing Crosby, but ran fourth in the Bing Crosby and made the lead stalking. And to me, that's a huge thing here for Kid Corleone, who should get a pretty good trip from that two, horse, two post if he can stalk and then be able to make a move and play catchy if you can. Shorting down to five furlongs should help as well. So I don't hate the idea of using the two here if you want to spread a little bit more 10 to 1. Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, the Kid Corleone is one that I had looked at as well. Um, I, I, I like the fact that this is the Mike Samich angle, right? Uh, the very first race of his career was on turf, and it was six furlongs. And it, it wasn't... Sometimes when they're two and they try turf for the you know at the start of their career... It's because the trainers know they need two turns, right? This happened with Red Route 1. He's back at Kentucky Downs, but they put him on turf because as we knew right out the gate, he's a two-turn horse. A six furlongs will do him no good. That's not the case with Kid Corleone. It was a six furlong sprint, and, it, you know, he ran okay. By the way, ran uh, fourth. Cabo Spirit was in there, future multiple grade stakes winner Cabo Spirit in that race. Uh, Aaron Haltzman once let Kid Corleone enough that he drafted him for the Fantasy League, which uh, if you have the PPs in front of you, you can see exactly how well that worked for the Triple Crown season. Uh, but you're right. There was a brief moment in the Bing Crosby where Kid Corleone was going to win the Bing Crosby stakes. And he just didn't quite hold on because he was chasing that ridiculously fast early pace. But uh, yeah, a good effort there from him. So I understand I that. Before we move on real quick, I saw Michael Ellison bring up the 10. Brand, did you consider him at all? I didn't. Uh, I did this one just uh, the competition here ran deep. And again, that post, I don't love it. Um, he's going to be able to close, but we're talking about a long layoff here. And I wouldn't be shocked if this horse ran well, but I just 
And Bran is actually a horse that I've played multiple times. I had him at 40 mm-hmm. to 1 at Churchill Downs. I remember that on Derby Day. Uh, ended up running second there to arrest me red. Uh, the, the post plus the layoff was the problem for me. I mean, we're looking at almost a year layoff here. Drawing the tempo is going to have to work out a trip. Probably wants to be forwardly placed when running his best race. I'm talking like fourth or fifth. And that's going to be it's going to be contentious early here from a pace perspective. Uh, one thing on Kid Corleone too, go back and watch that turf sprint it's a lot better on the track than it is on paper. There was trouble all over the place for Kid Corleone first time on the turf. And that, that to me means that I, I'm not going to, I'm not crossing the horse out simply because that turf race wasn't good. I think the, the trip was pretty brutal. Uh, the, yeah, that's a great point too. I didn't, I saw that in the notes. I didn't watch it, but I, I can see that in the notes that you write uh, about his trip trouble. Um, one last thing about Bran. Uh, the last time we saw him was 357 days ago at Kentucky Downs winning a race. Kentucky Downs is going right now. It, mm-hmm. It's weird to me that he's here and yep. not back at Kentucky Downs. Like I couldn't, I was, I was trying to play like trainer math. Like, is it, does he think that that's too hard to win a Kentucky Downs off the left? He doesn't want to ship him off. The... There's a lot of things. And without asking John Sadler, you wouldn't really be able to know. Um, yeah. The purse, but, too. Like, this is a 150K purse. Like, Kentucky Downs, you're racing for half a million if you're running at this level of race. Yeah. So that, to me, is not a great sign, is that, you, that you're passing on all that money on a track the horses one out at a distance he likes. And especially when it's a unique track where a lot of horses love it and a lot of horses hate it, you'd think that's where you're going to take your shot. Um, <clears throat> speaking of which, Cabo Spirit is—he's not at Del Mar this weekend in any of these races because he is at Kentucky Downs trying to get some of that big purse money. Um, I am seeing, yeah, he that Embarrassed Reese has been transported to a local hospital. Um, ooh, he definitely—I just saw a replay of it too. It did look like he got run over, but uh, per Ray Pollock, according to Daryl Lou, Embarrassed is conscious and moving extremities. So that is fantastic news. Um, if he's conscious and, and moving extremities, that's really uh, that's that's the important thing. The rest. It'll heal eventually, right? It all comes out in the wash. Yeah, let's let's hope so. Yeah, it was. I mean, just just a brutal spell. If you watch it back, it's not one you want to want to have on repeat because it it looked like he got trampled a little bit. Well, now that we got good news there, let's move on. The main event of not only the day, the weekend, but the entire Del Mar meet. This is the Grade One Pacific Classic. It's the penultimate leg of the Del Mar Late Pick Five. It's race ten. It's eleven males, three and up, routing a mile and a quarter on the dirt and this is a british cup winning year for the classic and we both almost singled go rocket ride but we didn't tell me yeah, about I mean, go rocket ride look if you watch this show you know i'm picking go rocket right here i've been excited <laughs> for this one to come back had him in the haskell um i i think that the fact that mandela shipped him out for the haskell tells you how much he liked him the fact that mandela is putting a three-year-old in the in the dumb in the uh pacific classic tells you how much he likes him as well i mean there are easier spots here for a lot of these three-year-olds and we're not going with any of those easy spots we're going with a difficult one here with go rocket ride i actually like the one post draw because there's quite a bit of speed in here and go rocket ride doesn't need the lead and will get a beautiful trip from the one should be able to tuck right in behind the speed save ground on both turns and decide when to tip out and go or go up the rail if he wants to around that second turn so i think the one post is almost perfect here for go rocket ride from a trip perspective um I know people don't love Mike Smith. I don't mind him in these spots. He doesn't usually get horses in trouble. Uh, and the horse has just a boatload of talent. I don't think we've even scraped the bottom of the surface here because with a lot of these three-year-olds, we've seen them running through quite a bit throughout this season. Go Rocket Ride, just not the case. We saw him dominate the San Felipe and then miss the San Anita Derby, have to take a break, came back, ran really well in the affirmed, went out to the Haskell and just, just freaked. And I, I don't think we've actually seen what he can be yet because it's only his fifth start here, going to be the third off the layoff. 
Um, I don't even mind the five to two price. If we get around five to two, I think that's pretty fair. I don't think this is a group of world beaters. We talked about Tripoli uh, last show and I was like, okay, that's great. You've won this race before, but it was a pretty weak version of the race. Got like Stiletto Boys, Slow Down Andy, Skinner, Senior Buscador. It's like, okay, these aren't like world beaters in here. Obviously, Defunded comes back for Baffert. I actually think that's a bad sign for Arabian Night that Defunded shows up in here as well. Um, but I, yeah, I almost singled Go Rocket Ride, but I, I, I use two other horses here for separate reasons. I respect Arabian Night. I mean, I really do. I think Arabian Night probably gets the lead, and that could make Arabian Night really, really dangerous in this spot. So I felt you had to use the one and the nine here. I went with a little bit of a price as my third horse. Give me the Buscador right back, baby. Uh, mainly because they're going to go real fast up front. And the one horse where I was looking, okay, what older horse could run him down? That was the sheer reason. The only thing I was looking for is the third horse I was going to use is what older horse could absolutely run him down. The only horse on this list that can run him down is Senor Buscador. Everyone else is going to be forwardly placed. So if you do have a pace collapse, uh, the Buscador is going to be boosting right up to the front here. So I, I ended up going one, eight, nine here. What'd you do, Magic? Uh, go rock it right on top. All the reasons you mentioned. By the way, the, the Haskell stakes, I think, could be... You could see another uh, version of the Haskell kind of play out here in the Pacific Classic in that Arabian Night, I don't think it gets an easy lead. I think Slow Down Andy does exactly what that cheap speed did to Arabian Night in the Haskell, except... This is slow down Andy. He's much more talented than whoever the donkey was that was trying to screw with uh, Arabian Knight and the Haskell was. Uh, I Go Rocket Ride looks push button to me. And I am such a sucker for a horse that when the jockey just like gives signals, every little thing he says to do this, do this, do this, that the horse responds. Um, I have him on top here. I agree with you. I think five to two is close to what we'll get because Arabian Knight's going to attract a lot of attention here. I didn't use Arabian Knight. One, because of what I mentioned with the Haskell. Two, that horse's wonky ass running style when there's when he's waving his right leg so far out that he's like almost high-fiving you in the stands he's exerting a lot more energy to go the same exact speed that go rocket ride is or whoever's up there with him because that leg is doing this instead of running straight so i have some issues with i also thought i understand kentucky downs has the giant ass purses but if you're john velasquez and you think this might be a breeders cup classic course don't you kind of skip Kentucky Downs to keep the mount on your potential uh, Breeders' Cup Classic horse, an Arabian Knight? I like I, Pratt's a great jockey, but I thought it was odd to me that Johnny V didn't show up. Were you worried about that at all? Uh, it was surprising, um, and because you're also, I mean, you mentioned Pratt taking the mount. I mean, Pratt, if if Arabian Knight wins this race, Pratt's riding in the Breeders' Cup Classic, mm -hmm. right? Like, you lost that, it at that point, yeah. That's part of it too, is that you're not just risking the mount, and you mentioned you know you want to keep like. Baffert's going to call someone good in. And in this case, Flavian Pratt got the call. And that, to me, is pretty scary if you're if you're Velasquez. I think it's probably a little short-sighted. I think it's not a great sign for Arabian Night if you believe John Velasquez knows what he's doing around a horse, which uh, his track record would say it's pretty good. And and him and Baffert's track record, really, pretty good as well. You think of authentic uh, amongst others that he's been able to get the job done there. Yeah, look. I respect Arabian Knight. That's the bottom line. We've heard so much about this horse early on that I, I respect the speed. And I do think he can get loose here, but I do think there's going to be a lot of horses going fast. And it'll be the question of whether or not he's going to be able to keep going late. I, did, I didn't really give Senior Buscador much of a look. I thought that the, uh, I, I just kind of chuck out a lot of that San Diego handicap for those horses. Uh, however, if he wins and beats me out of this, I'll be happy in the sense that uh, with the, the Peacock family, Joey Peacock, uh, 
big fan of the racing dudes. Um, Todd Fincher is a trainer with Aaron's known for a long time. This is a horse whose family, like from the damn Roses Desert, who was this unbelievable New Mexico bred, she's had so many great horses that she's produced, and Senior Buscador is one of them. So for Aaron and I, this is a horse that we're like, yeah, if he wins, okay. Like when he won the San Diego, I was like, I didn't see that coming, but okay, that's kind of like if that's the horse that beat us, that's kind of cool. So that one pissed me uh, off. I had a big <laughs> double one to slow down Andy on that. That was a turn. That's true. That's right. That you did. I think it was like eight thousand dollars or something to that stupid horse. Um, Daryl last uh, wasn't going to. Uh, aside from Beholder, as Mandela won the Pacific Classic before, he has won it four times. Beholder was actually the fourth time that he's won it. Um, the most wins go to tie to Bob Baffert and Bobby Frankel. Uh, but the trainer who's won it four of the last five years is the one who has Triple in here. Who, by the way, like you mentioned, won it in two thousand twenty-one. That's John Sadler. So. Uh, Mike Smith also has won this race four times. That's the most of any jockey. So I like that as well. Uh, anyways, uh, the other horse that I used here before we get, I was about to move on. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I also used a funded in here. I was I, I really thought I was trying to not single go Rocket Rex. I was like, what if he bounces off the Haskell? What if on the off chance the Haskell wasn't that great? I saw. I think it was Chris Mello mentioned that in the chat. Um, I don't think that. I think, I think Go Rocket Ride is legit and his Haskell performance was legit. But defunded to me... Is the horse who I think is most likely to just make you go, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, we should have seen that coming. He's four starts at this 10 furlong distance, which I think is the key for him. He's got the win. He's got the second by a length. He's got the third by three quarters of a length. That win came two starts back. So, it, you know, it's not like it was a long time back in his career. So I like to fund it at the distance here. Um, I th he's just kind of a grinder. There's nothing flashy or exciting about him, but it is a he just kind of gets there and he's got Juan Hernandez staying with him. I think that's a great move as well. So I used him. I don't feel great about using him, but I know I'm going to get a better price than uh, go rocket ride and Arabian night for sure. Yeah. My problem, uh, he has never won a race where he's not within a head of the leader. Yep. It's furlongs. And yep. I don't see him being within a head of the leader after six furlongs in this spot, especially since Arabian night is your most likely speed. And I think really is kind of one dimensional in this spot is the other Bob Baffert. So all the sudden defund is going to have to sit like fourth or third, right? Like that's the logical spot for him. And I, I don't know. I mean, what I, I don't envy John white at all making the morning line for this race. I mean, this one I thought was really difficult because I don't know who's going to take money between Go Rocket Ride, Defunded, and Arabian Night. But when I look at the three of them, I think that Defunded is the least likely to be able to win. Um, and that, that to me, was one of the reasons I left him off. Because I wouldn't be shocked if he gets bet. I mean, he's been under even money the last four races, if I remember correctly. Um, last three races, he's been under even money. He's $1.30 uh, back four races ago. He's going to take money again. He just is. And, and like, I don't, I don't want to be on the Defunded money burning train again. He definitely does better at Santa Anita than at Del Mar. He throws up some real clunkers at Del Mar. Uh, if you go back and look in his past, he won the Native Diver one year at Del Mar, but that's like post. That's at the end of November, post Breeders' Cup. So there really aren't that many talented horses that are running at that point. Um, his debut was kind of a clunker, but then he wins him out on the 16th allowance by nine lengths. But then he, you know, the San Diego last year and the Pat O'Brien last year, both absolute bad races. So it's, it, he's one of those horses. I don't really know if he likes Del Mar it was another reason I was like, I don't know if he's, but it's really at a mile and a quarter. I know that I can trust this horse to at least be giving some sort of an effort and a mile and 16th at San Diego, probably way too short for him. But I agree with you on one thing for sure. It, I do not envy John White having to make those morning lines because. I think he did a good one. job, but who knows what this is going to look like. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the, there's like four horses in here. I'm really interested to see what the actual off odds are. Obviously, the three that we've talked about. I'm interested to see what the price is on the seven, the eight when they actually go off. Um, and then Stiletto Boy sitting there eight to one. Like, man, he's going too, right? Like that. The, the pace is going to be lively here. It really is. And so we'll see what happens. But I wouldn't be shocked if it's uh, if it's good old Senior Buscador who's rolling late, baby. Get the double. <laughs> Davey brings up a great point as well. The three three year olds. We didn't talk about Skinner really, but Skinner's also in here to probably run fifth. Um, the three year olds all get a six pound advantage, and that was a uh, partially what helped Gunite uh, beat Elite Power last out. So that was a great point there. Thanks for bringing it up. Speaking of handicaps, the fifth and final leg of the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, September second, race eleven, the Grade Two Del Mar handicap. The, guys, can we get better names? You got the Del Mar Mile, the Del Mar handicap. We can't do something better than this. Eleven older males routing a mile and three eighths on the turf, uh, which at Del Mar means we start on the backstretch, we go three turns before we finish. In this Breeders' Cup winning year in for the turf. And your boy, number 10 Gold Phoenix, is the 3 to 1 morning line favorite. He's my top pick. He's got to be yours, right? No. Do you know, name the movie. He's back. No. Terminator? No. no. Oh. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Come on, man. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'd be surprised if we could have named that one. It's a really random poll. Uh, I went with a five horse, Kathkin Peak here on top uh, for Phil D'Amato. I thought that last race was just a classic we need a race race right when you look at it it was a restricted stakes race uh the horse kind of was forwardly placed and then just fell off around the turn you go back to the prior races though though that was about what we were running from a buyer perspective at five when we were running at four so it wasn't like we took a big time step back I like the confidence here. Again, stepping this horse up from that race into a grade two company. We're not carrying the high weight. We're just carrying 120 here. Uh, so actually the least weight this horse has carried since winning a maiden special weight here at Del Mar. Horse has a win over the course there at Del Mar, like I said. And when you go to the longer races, those mile and an eighth races, I think this horse can get the distance as well. I don't think there's any issue there too. Uh, Fezu been phenomenal at Del Mar, all meets. Uh, so I like mm -hmm. the idea that D'Amato is going to him. Diamato, clearly the best turf trainer right now. And then the last part of it's the post. Uh, look, the five post is significantly better than the 10 post, the nine post. There were the other two horses I considered here. So uh, because of that, the five ends up on top here. Kath can peak for me. I'll take that six to one price. I was back and forth about using this horse. You just convinced me to use him. All right, I'll throw him back on there here. I, I had him on, then I took him off. I had him on, I took him off. And yeah, I'll, I know I'll throw him back on there. Because uh, it feels like he always shows up with a great effort. It's very rare that he wins. And actually, the last time that he ever won a race, Dr. Tang and I were in that winner's circle. So I do remember exactly where uh, what happened that day when he won. Um, to be fair... He beat Gold Phoenix that day. Next time yep. lost the Hong Kong Harry and Masterpiece. After that, Hong Kong Harry. After that, Beyond Brilliant. I mean, those are some pretty darn good horses out there in California as well. It's not like we've been teeping bad company. And then the long layoff happened. And I yep. can completely give you an excuse for the last one off that long layoff. Now we get second off. I think, just think you're going to see a much better horse. Yeah, I threw him on. It didn't make my ticket that much more expensive, so I'll put him on. Uh, Gold Phoenix was my top pick here. Uh, D'Amato's, by the way, Two D'Amato's here, both Irish breads. Got to use it. That was the other reason I was thinking. I was like, God, can I really leave off an Irish bread D'Amato here on the turf? This is going to be the horse that beats me. So you don't like France, huh? Just prejudice against, prejudice against the French breads? Uh, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of frogs or snails, uh, as they say. Uh, uh, Gold Phoenix wins the grade two. I hope there's no French fans because we just lost him right there. No, that. I will. I will support the French. Escargot is phenomenal, and Paris is a great city. 
Paris is a great city. I tried Escargo there, and uh, no, was not for me. Uh, the great two wine and some snails can't go wrong. Just sit at, sit at the corner coffee shop, drink a bottle of wine, and eat some snails at like 10 a.m. It's great. Great two. Eddie Reed is the local prep for this. It's a mountain. Now I feel sick to my stomach. Uh, and Cold Phoenix got the win over Bonikov, who we both really like in the Del Mar Mile. That was a big race. This horse just shows up uh, whenever he's out in California. He's always going to show up with a really big effort. Uh, the Mount Accord, Charlie Whittingham, not a good spot for him. Probably was a, 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 did, just didn't work out for him that day, but he needs the pace to chase, and that's what didn't happen in the Whittingham, but he should get it here. There's a field of 11. I couldn't really figure out uh, the Shoemaker. Was it just because it was a, I mean, that was a tough race, but it was a grade one mile. Maybe the mile distance was a little too short for him, but I like that D'Amato is going stretching back out with this. And while we lose Barrios uh, Hector to Planetario, who I didn't use in here, we do get, oh, Juan Hernandez. Yeah, he's pretty good. So we'll put Hernandez in the saddle. Uh, last time he was aboard, he missed by a neck going a mile and a quarter. So I put Gold Phoenix on top. He's at least on your ticket, right, Mike? Yeah, he's my second horse. I mean, I like okay. Gold Phoenix here, too. I, the, the weight is interesting. You got a handicap here. He's actually dropping a pound. Uh, compared to the grade two Eddie Reed. So dropping a little bit of weight here <laughs> yeah. on Old Phoenix. And I, I do think this horse is a legit shot to win. I just, again, I don't love the post. I don't love the high weight. I don't love the price. Um, but I do respect the heck out of this one. And I appreciate him for stuffing my pockets last time I was at Del Mar. So no complaints here from Gold <laughs> Phoenix. I am going to use Planetario. I'm actually a little bit surprised you didn't here in this spot. Uh, we talked about this horse quite a bit. It was the other horse that shipped out to Monmouth for Richard Mandela. Something I think we were both surprised that they decided mm -hmm. to ship this one all the way out there. And look at that. I, I mean, he ran pretty well, all things considered. I understand Therapist won, Catnip, Red Knight, but ran a pretty good fifth behind those. Isn't going to have any issues with the distance here. I like the weight here. Or I like the weight sitting at 120. I think we got a good shot at the nine horse running a pretty big race. Don't love the four to one price, but I, I do like this horse quite a bit. Uh, I did not. I left him off because of the four to one price. That was kind of the thing. And actually, if you listen to Blinkers off, uh, Aaron and Jared were saying the same thing. They didn't have morning lines and they were saying, well, we're between Planetario and Gold Phoenix, if they're close in price, we'll go Gold Phoenix. If there's a discrepancy, you know, a big gap there, then they'll go Planetario. Obviously, no, not a big gap there. I, the United Nations stakes, I don't like the therapist one and I don't like that catnip who was my pick to win and was the favorite. Um, and his next start just completely bombed. It was just not a good, uh, effort in the Arlington million. So he did ship him out there. You are getting Barrett, and this is the horse that Barrios is going to be riding for sure. Um, that he left the five for. I just I couldn't use him. I thought that his San Juan Capistrano was super impressive, but I also thought a part of that was the distance. Like he's kind of one of those horses. If you give him a two mile uh, Belmont Gold Cup style race to run in, like that's going to be good for him. You give him a mile and an eighth, which is his first race in North America. Well, you're going to be fifth beaten four lengths by Catherine Pete, Gold Phoenix, other horses in there. So um, the price really, that's what kind of uh, did it in for me for the last reason why I didn't use him. But seems like he's got talent um, off of that. I did actually use this number six, Awfully Naughty, who beat him in the grade three San Louis Ray going a mile and a half and who was second as a, at five to two. I'm sorry, as the favorite in the, the even money favorite in the San Juan Capistrano. Uh, just again, I think the distance is what did him in in that spot. But if you look at his previous three races, all for Mike McCarthy, uh, he wins it a mile and a quarter on synthetic by you know almost six lengths at Turfway Park, wins the mile and a quarter Winningham by a length, wins the mile and a half San Louis Ray. That mile three eighths is literally right between mile and a half and mile and a quarter. I think this is going to be perfect for him. Uh, he won an allowance over this course and distance back in 2021. And I also like that this is one of the horses Michael McCarthy was not afraid to ship east. 
uh, to Saratoga, to Belmont, to Keeneland last year. Like, But he was sending him to all these bigger spots that were going to be much tougher than what he faced in California. And he finishes second by a nose going a mile and a half in an allowance at Keeneland in their fall meet, which is a, a really big deal. That's what horses all trying to get ready for the Breeders' Cup and see what they could potentially do. So I use the six awfully naughty. Uh, another horse, I don't love the price, but... Uh, you know, five to one's better than four to one, I guess. And I again, I think the distance is better for him than it is for Planetario. I think Planetario beat him two back or la- last out for Planetario because of how long that race was. Yeah, I uh, all excellent arguments. I'd like to add a few. Uh, Bordeaux, the cheese, <laughs> and freshly break croissants, all positives for France. And I can't believe no one has mentioned a nice crusty baguette as well, which also should make the list there in the things France is very good at. Um, yeah, look, I considered Awfully Naughty. Uh, it was my fourth horse in, but I just, I couldn't get there. I went with the nine instead of the six. And I agree with you. The distance probably a little bit too long for Awfully Naughty last time out. Uh, the layoff shouldn't be a big issue here. Just a couple months. McCarthy pretty good off it. Uh, eh, I just, I, I, the United Nations is a race that never should be paid attention to after it runs every single year. It just feels like that race just has some weird results and you just kind of throw it out and you don't worry about it because every year, like it's the one graded stakes that we care about outside the Haskell at Monmouth every year. And it, it always has some weird result and either someone goes gate to wire or there's just like crazy whatever happens and therapist wins this year. And there's your crazy result. Like the fact that that Mandela shipped the horse out there and I don't know if that's true, Ramrod. I'm not sure if they eat horses or not. Um, the, the fact that Mandela shipped, I may totally be true. I just don't know. The fact that Mandela shipped out there, I think, t- tips the hand of how well that horse is. And then you mentioned it. Barrios decided to ride Planetario instead of Gold Phoenix here. And Hector, uh, we trust, baby. Uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, spe- there are specialized butcher shops in France that sell horse meat specialized see there it is though at least they're in good since hands. the 19 it was forbidden to deal it at normal butcher shops until the 90s which now you can find it in supermarkets so you can find horse meat uh yeah you can still find horse meat places in france so yeah let's 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 talk more about how great france is on a horse racing show Mike. that's that we'll, we'll put that as a negative but the crusty baguette <laughs> outweighs the selling the horse meat ah uh, fair enough no nah, last up for me i went for a bit of a price and uh, uh, the things get really nuts in here for some reason. Give me Neil Drysdale's number seven, nine eleven turbo, ten to one, baby. Won an allowance over this course and distance, last out by almost three lengths. It was his fourth straight win, fifth in his last six starts. Uh, the only time that he lost there was going was uh, second place finish, and then that precipitated a three hundred thirty eight day layoff. So maybe something went wrong there in that race because he did have the lead at one point. Okay, so one of those wins technically was a disqualification, but he still crossed the wire first. The horse doesn't know that he lost it. Point is, his confidence should be sky high. Uh, we lose Frisu but, uh, to Cat King Peak, but we're getting Ramon Vasquez to ride. He is a very talented rider as well. Neil Drysdale with a horse that's won four straight. I kept looking at this going, really? Drysdale? Four straight win? Okay. And then on 10 to 1. Uh, listen, it's a huge step up in competition. That's why we're getting 10 to 1. But I love the confidence. I love that huge win last out over this course and distance. So give me the number seven, 911 Turbo at 10 to 1. Can we throw any more numbers into that name? Um, probably not. I think we're out of out of letters here. If you ask the jockey club <laughs> and you're trying to name a horse. Uh, yeah, you can have that one. I'll let you keep it. I, I will say this. When I went, I went through this race without looking at the morning lines. And I was really hoping I was going to get like 20 to 1. I missed the cut. Like, is Mr. Cut going to float up? Because it's lone speed, like hardcore lone speed here. 
Not sure the mile and three eighths is all that great for it, but ran pretty well on the turf overseas. Has, has ran pretty good on the dirt here. Turf shouldn't be an issue. It's a four hundred thousand dollar purchase uh, out of quality. I think it's Quality Road. Uh, yeah, Quality yep. Road Colt. Uh, see the stars on the bottom side with the mare. Like turf shouldn't be a problem. Were you surprised at the six to one? I really thought I was gonna get like twenty to one here, and when I got six to one, I didn't put on a ticket. Yeah, I'm very surprised because what that you're telling me that he's going to get bet as much as Kathkin Peak, who's your top pick. He's going to get bet almost as much as Awfully Naughty and Planetari. Like that's yeah. I mean, but John must be onto something with that. I mean, granted, the horse when he debuted in North America after running uh, in Saudi Arabia and in Europe, he was an even money favorite in a dirt race when he's clearly not a dirt horse. And then they ran him back in the San Diego, and I think he was he was Dr. Miranda's top pick in the San Diego, and he was kind of speed and quit in there. I man, it, I looked at this going. How did you make a case for that? I mean, he as a three-year-old, like he did win a handicap going a mile and a quarter during the Royal Ascot meet. So there, you know, that's something uh, another feather in his cap. But six to one, I'm with you. That seems way too like to to be able to play this horse. That seems too low of a price. Well, you know what's nuts too. If you go back to that November twelfth, two thousand twenty-two race, the Churchill Stakes, the running line toward rear, rally home turn, got there with a furious rush. So closed at a mile and a quarter from like, it's just a wild to see that style too, for this horse, which you just have not seen at all so far here in the U S and you'd expect that's the style of European horses, not to be forwardly placed, much less be forwardly placed on the dirt. So it feels like there's more there. I don't know if it's today. We see it. I don't know if it's the six to one price. Like, this is one of those where if it was, like I said, if it's 21 on the morning line, I'd probably be using this horse. Because it's 6 to 1, I'm not. Um, it'd be interesting to see what you get on race day. It's one, if, it, if you do get that 20 to 1, probably one of those you want to use underneath. Kind of feels like a horse that you could see win one of those graded stakes kind of in the winter at Santa Anita. Like you, he'll sneak up there and get one of those on the turf when his price is a little more sensible than even money or, or six to one in this kind of a spot. But he isn't interesting. Also, I didn't like that Valdivia was riding him. Uh, you know, if you, you go from Barrios and Hernandez to Valdivia. You're taking a big step back. And I didn't realize this. Sadler's, Sadler's only 9% at Del Mar right now. That's actually, uh, I didn't realize he was doing so poorly. He's, this is a guy that has won, again, for the last five Pacific Classics, does very well at Del Mar, and he's 9% here in the last year. Yeah, 23 seconds and thirds at the meet racing luck probably has a little to do with that oh that screams yeah. racing luck yeah <laughs> uh, maybe his luck maybe his luck changes on saturday that's gonna do it for this episode of the magic mike show thanks for joining mike and i to talk about the all greatest stakes late pick five at del mar on saturday september 2nd big weekend of racing for labor day weekend it's the final weekend thank god at saratoga close up shop there uh but we also have the del mar picks uh you can go to racingdudes.com get the previews for the pacific classic Green Flash Handicap and the Del Mar Handicap. Uh, if you want to hear from Aaron and Jared on those races, you can also check out Blinkers Off, uh, available anywhere you get podcasts, or of course right here at youtube.com slash racing dudes. We'll give out our tickets one last time. Take a look down below if you are watching. I'll go first. My updated ticket, 3458, single the nine, three, five, six, eight, twelve, one five with five, six, seven, ten. That's eighty dollars for fifty cents, Mr. Summich. I'm going to play a t- $72 ticket here. Give me 3589 with 910 with 38 with 189 with 5910. That'll cost you $72 for 50 cents. Magic. We are one minute away from the half million dollar tap it stakes over at Kentucky Downs. Did you look at this race at all? Uh, Kaido Dan's in that. Play action pass is in that one. Uh, and a lot of other horses. Nine to five favorite currently portfolio company. 
Yeah, Joel? that's the Chad Brown effect, right? Joel Rosario on the rail at, at Kentucky Downs. What could go wrong? Uh, give me play action pass. I like the fact that he uh, he won the gun runner stakes uh, going a mile. So I uh, give me a uh, play action pass for Bill Parcells for the coach. Uh, I have strong quality on top. I think you can go gate to wire here against this field, especially with how this turf course is played. Don't sleep on. Yes, this time who ran second to twist last time out uh, gelded and Peter Miller claimed him and put him in here or Ken, Ken Ramsey claimed him, gave him to Peter Miller and put him in here. I'm interested in that ship and Flavius, the 10, our old friend here, by the way, one for two at Kentucky Downs. That one race was a monster 105 buyer winning the tourist mile. Uh, so obviously likes the course. So I, I was interested in the seven, nine, 10 here. I don't hate kitted in either of the three. I, I didn't use portfolio company at all in my top four. Didn't I'm not looking at the PPs? Didn't yes? Wasn't yes this time a, a a my racehorse at one point? And now Miller's got him. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, the Miller is. This is a first off the claim. This is crazy, right? So I don't know if it was. I think he got him for like eighty thousand, didn't he? Claim claim from Edge Racing last time out. Yeah, Peter Miller. Oh, the claimed, Edge is my racehorse. Yeah, yeah, okay. Claims him on July twenty first. Gelds him on August first. Well, gelds him on August second. And ships him out for a half million dollar turf race at, at Kentucky Downs. Now, yes, this time has run at Kentucky Downs before. One other start, uh, seven hundred thousand dollar race, ran it second to a credit. Like I don't. Right now, you're sitting on the board at ten to one. I don't hate that price. Crazy, Peter. That's I'm trying to wrap my head around all. That's like a, a a library's worth of information. I'm trying to process there with all that. That is crazy. Yeah, you don't see that too often. Oh, what you won't see also is Mike and I covering Kentucky Downs. Apparently, because we're just doing Del Mar this week. But thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kelloward. He is at SomoBomb18, number one, number eight. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you check out his recent tweets for some updates in Mike's life, unless you want to talk about it at the end of the show, or you just want to direct people there. No, no, we can talk about it. I took a uh, full-time position over at VEASAN. Pretty excited about it. Signed a two-year contract over there. Going to be hosting a football show for this entire season. So you can catch me from 4 to 7 Pacific, Saturdays and Sundays. Saturday is going to be talking a lot of college football, but the last hour is the contest show. So I will be releasing uh, with my, my co-host, Matt Brown, the contest lines for Circa. So if you want to know who everyone picked in Survivor, as well as Circa Millions, we'll have Derek Stevens with us to release those lines uh, every Saturday. And then Sunday... I'm pretty excited to set up the Sunday night football game. And then uh, we'll be doing the openers as well, which is where about half of my NFL bets come from, is that opening lines. Uh, so we'll be going over every following week game on Sunday once the Sunday night kick game kicks off as well. So super excited about that. Uh, really, really uh, want to give a shout out to DraftKings and to VEASAN for saying we can keep doing the racing dude stuff as well. So Sama Bomb sticking around. We'll still be doing the Magic Mike show. Still be talking horses on Twitter as well, but pretty excited. Uh, it means I get to go to Vegas quite a bit as well. I'll be out there. Uh, I'll be traveling for this one three out every four weeks. Can't wait to get it going this weekend for week one of college football. Yeah, congratulations. I received. Mo I didn't know that you had even tweeted about it. I found out because I got multiple texts from from our our fans going, What's going to happen? Are you okay? What's going on? Or Shadi at least texted me and she said, well, thank God Mike followed up with a tweet saying, yeah, okay, right no, we're, I'm still going to be doing this. Like, I'm just adding this on to it. So, yeah, Magic Mike Show's not going anywhere uh, for the first week. Unless we're going to VSIM, we might let you know about that one there. But we'll find out. And until next time, uh, we'll be back. You know what? Monday's Labor Day. I think we skip Monday's show. Uh, you're going to be traveling anyway. So, we'll be back here next Thursday uh, for another Late Pick 5 preview somewhere. Probably Del Mar again. Tune in to find out. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend. The 
Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.